Hey everybody, Michael Swaim here, and I'm doing it. I'm calling you to action. I am sincerely asking that if you're able, you'll check us out over at patreon.com smallbeans, where if you upgrade to being a $5 a month or more patron, you get access to twice as many pods like Star Trek The Next Futurama, Spielboys, Director Peace Theater, and One-Upsmanship, and even more great stuff. So hey, come on in. The water's beans. Patreon.com smallbeans. Can I start with an anecdote? We never do this, but I want to start with a little anecdote. Fucking go for it, dude. I think it'll set the stage for this, and then I'll intro us real quick. Griffin Rowell, recurring friend of the podcast, one of my oldest friends, uh, had an uncle who worked for Area 51 and had top-secret security clearance, and th- those things were both verifiable. Like, as an adult, I, f- I verified that those things are true. But... He would constantly tell us like, oh yeah, there is stuff. I can't tell you. I'll take it to my grave. But yeah, there's stuff. Yeah, there's stuff you'll want to know. And it's like, uh, how much of that was just for our... But anyway, later in his life, he went nuts and he would do these binders and he ended up doing one for every county in the entire United States, which there's like thousands. And then he started over and did it again. And it was just a binder that said like, The square footage of this county is this. The current mayor of this county is this. Like, he just made binders of what you would Google, essentially, you know, about an area. The geographical center is at this latitude and longitude. And he coveted them and loved them and filled his house with these binders over and over and over. And I just think that's appropriate to the movie. That's a that very we're going to be discussing. Just a just a story, just a story about just a person, just a one, person. Just the person boringness of the story thing. and the boringness of what he was doing, the uh-huh. mundanity of it, and yeah. how much he coveted yeah. it. So let's like intro. Parade, oh, yeah, how important it was yeah. to him. Yeah. This is Frame Ray Worry Ray Frames. I'm Michael Swaim. <laughs> I'm I'm Abe Epperson, and we have a guest today. Intro yourself. Hello, I'm Cody Johnston. Hey, Real you did casual. it. Yeah, because you all know Cody. Cody from some more news. Even more news. The Jamokes or Bugs or Shapes, whatever your band is all called now. You know, that's, that's the one. <laughs> At all. Cody's great Dude, band that more people should listen to. cut deep just then. And I'm not making it very easy to find. Uh, <laughs> Any of those three. Actually, that's only true. one of those will actually work. The Hot okay, Shapes great. is the name the of the band. Shapes. Go check us out. Hot Shapes Sorry. is the name of the band. I remember we were the Gross Little Bugs. but That's right. Yeah, that's Maybe? the only one I recall. The Gross Bugs. The gr- right? the Fantas- gross fantastic bugs. Little oh, Guys little? or Fuck. The Gross Bugs. All right. The I'm out of the band again. Guys. Okay, this is well, too casual. Even... <laughs> Let's get into it. Speaking of music. We dive in and talk. It's true. Music is appropriate. Before we talk with Codes about... True stories, 1986's true stories. I was one years old. Um, we got to thank Jeff. This is the Jeff. last of Jeff, as Abe put it. <laughs> it's the last of you, Jeff. Um, we, we, Jeff's gone. Yeah, we thank Jeff deeply for their Thanks, picks, not assuming Jeff gender. Uh, but you can be like Jeff did and go to our Pick the Flick tier on patreon.com smallbeans if you'd like to dictate what movie we watch and usually what guest we can pull. Although no one's trying to do it, just be like, you know, hey, get 
Tony Curtis, he's dead. Get him. You know, like, <laughs> Dude, so far everyone's... something impossible, you mean? So far yeah, people no. have requested people they know we know, which is good that they haven't exploited yeah. that. Yeah. Mm. Or we just choose for you and it's fine. Or we you choose don't have for to come you. To us. Yeah, the only thing you're legally entitled to is the movie pick. As we Jeff will choose is, so let's get into an it. an apt person, which we yeah. did this time. Cody. I, yeah. A. What's... What you you hadn't seen this movie? You had not I seen, had not seen this movie. No. Okay. What what did you think of this movie? Um, I had a lot of thoughts about it. Well, maybe I only have a few. Uh, I enjoyed it. It's um, it's definitely uh, very David Burney, um, and it is uh, funny at times. Got some really weirdo lines that made me laugh. Um, and uh, obviously the music is uh pretty good. Um. You know, it's yeah, pretty sick. Yeah, pretty sick, pretty sick tunes going on in it. Um, it's not the kind of movie you see a lot uh, made generally. <laughs> um, True. And, you know, there's a I, I, I can imagine people watching this and being bored, um, although I was not. Um, but I, I did enjoy it. What was it? Well, and you said your relationship with the Talking Heads was that. Oh, you're pro David. I'm, pro, I'm very what? pro David Byrne, Talking Heads, um, and uh, yeah, even this, even the songs uh, that like weren't performed by the Talking Heads in this movie. I was like, yeah, hell yeah, <laughs> that's um, good. Yeah, yeah. well, yeah. they were all Talking Heads songs, but in a very ballsy move, almost I think all except one song, he gave way to someone else who is not an appropriate singer of the song in every yeah. case. Yeah, like. Um, Almost a Coen Brothers extra they pulled at random from the crowd because they have an interesting face. And they're like, you sing Psycho Killer now. Yeah. <laughs> I know you're yeah. not right for it. That's the joy. <laughs> yeah. It was, and yeah, you, just that one lip syncing uh, scene for, what was it, uh, Wild Wild Life, I think, is the one. that. Yeah, the karaoke one. I think one. so, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, which maybe, I mean, maybe may my favorite song in the movie, but... Uh, doesn't matter. I think uh, mine is John Goodman's oh, version of people the, like us. Yeah, the climax, yeah, the climax yeah. makes me choke up. But it's also um, there's a couple times where they do so the music video bits, right, or the song sequences are like let's have everyone in town sing it, or let's just look have a bunch of different interesting types of people sing it on a rotating sort of mm -hmm. like the uh, then when they do it in the mall, it's suddenly a fashion show, but it's a fashion show for I think textures or matter there's like rocks and trees and bark yeah, and, grass, and stuff like that there's grass dresses <laughs> and stuff yeah yeah mm -hmm. i uh, love the beginning one where he's just like this is a space what happened to space it was ocean and then all of a sudden it was dinosaurs and then yeah. it was native americans and then it was white people then it was mexicans and now and it's white candy people, then. yeah and, and so microchips on. and he's just like selectively choosing avert like david burns version of geological time <laughs> right you know? yeah it seems random but it's not yeah adaptation right. he does the thing for, cut to the beginning of time something crawls from the muck uh it sort of has that vibe and it's always interesting to me because someone who is not mainly a filmmaker making a film it's funny to me when they go i guess i'll just start at the beginning of time like this isn't the first time mm -hmm. i've seen that where it is a natural human instinct um kurt vonnegut you know has a novel breakfast of champions is like America was once blah, 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 following a space. Abe and I have talked about it because of um, City of God does it with a single apartment through time. Um, mm -hmm. And I actually really like that. I did want to quickly, and then I'll hand the stick back, but just for people who don't know at all what it is, I want to elucidate what we mean by David Burney. 
Like, uh, I love the talking heads. They're still in regular rotation when I listen to music. Um, it's almost David Lynchy. It's another David mm-hmm. who's weird, but it's not aggressively weird. It is how I would put it. David Lynch is aggressively weird. Like, look at that. That's pretty fucking weird. Right. Is, is the attitude of his That's oeuvre. Right. Whereas, um, David Byrne is almost anti-comedy weird in a way like, um, you know, the astronauts didn't read poetry, but that's changing. And like, if you think that's funny, it almost overlaps with Christopher Guest stuff. <laughs> yeah, 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 if you yeah, think yeah. that's funny, you get it. If you don't think that's funny enough, I get you. Like, I get right. why. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know who I couldn't stop thinking of this rewatch is the comedian Joe Pera. Oh, sure. Wait, is he like, there's stuff in my drawers or? Oh, he yeah. Like, he's I, the guy who, he's like ASMR. He explains, like, his show is like, he just, uh, Joe Pera talks to you. And he just has this voice where he just says, this is a thing. And I like this thing. Don't you like this thing? You know, it's just a very kind of stream of consciousness, but also very calming. Yeah, there's a calm cadence to it. It's like a sketch show that doesn't need to be funny all the time. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds like the jokes aren't the jokes. And then, of course, as we we said, it's punctuated by talking heads music. I don't want to do short shrifts. Some of the jokes I think are funny. Like... John Goodman saying, it's like the song says, it's a scientific lifestyle. And he goes, I don't, I don't know that one. <laughs> there's like, uh, there's, there's at one point someone stuff. says, did you fart? <laughs> Just, oh, oh, God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So good. That was the funniest that was really thing. Funny. To me, that uh, was like a newspaper comic strip. There's a single shot that's just a couple wandering into the distance going, I love you. Let's go to that thing this weekend. And finally, when they're tiny dots, she goes, wait, did you fart? It's so and good. That's it. That's the whole uh, I like the woman uh, woman going up to the babies in the parade was really funny. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh yeah, just like yeah. unhinged. There's one line. Uh, it's when it, whenever he's in the car, it's like this is the most David Byrne you could possibly get. Just like yeah. the, the calm. Of he said he said like I forget exactly the comparison. It was like I was about to I was gonna say I was gonna say something about this, but I forget what it was. I, I think I have it written down at home. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, right. yeah. yeah. It's so good. It's like then don't put that in there. It's, so it's just like well, yeah, you yeah. can cut that. What yeah, the fuck? It's it. a little John Watersy in that he mm-hmm. legitimately loves camp and kitsch. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I didn't. Yeah, I forgot kitschy, that yeah. it's all in Texas, and it reminds me of that mm. very special Texas sense of humor. I always talk about Happy Poet because it's an outstanding film. I don't mean that in the good way. I just mean it's an outlier. And then also (laughs) uh, King of the Hill reminds me of this sentiment, actually, where you just like present information and you don't. There's no wink at all. If if you don't get that it's a joke, you're lost and you Mm -hmm. think it's art that's trying to be pretentious. And sometimes it arguably is that. But I think most of the time it's a comedy. I think it's like an artsy sketch comedy film in a way. Yeah, I I see what you're saying, but I don't know what I think about this movie, to be honest. Oh, yeah. Um, Before Mike, you were before rolling, you had. A contentious point it sounded like well it's not contentious i i like i love how he's not critical of things we uh there's a lot of things that he talks about in in this movie where he's like the capitalistic changes of the country has gone through this and this and it's rooted itself even in our homes and communities i love he has this like kind of off comment where he goes like the mall is replacing the center of the town this is now where we congregate mm-hmm. but the way in his performance and the way in which david byrne kind of relays this information as the narrator he's not critical of this 
And we kind of now, just because we're in, in 2023, we see these statements as kind of like, well, yeah, and then he's going to kind of say something about the cruelty or the problems of the world or like how it's a nope. byproduct. Like capitalism is like a uh, has just these presenting are, things. He's not. Yeah, oh, yeah. These, oh, yeah. I mean, he even filmed he's it. just in, observational. He filmed it in that in Texas because they didn't they had uh, the right to work laws. Uh, right. Like, yeah. You know, like it's I like a totally different era. And like, yeah, like, you know, obviously there, there is no implicit like or explicit, like very like articulated crit critique of this world at all or like these uh uh whether the lifestyle or like all the mall stuff he's like he's loving it well that also you reminds know? me that is very david bernie he did a song nothing but flowers where he talks about like mm -hmm. this used to be i mean it's basically part of the opening scene of this movie this used to be flowers and shit city of dreams he loves this trend i'm realizing now as i say it this used to be dinosaurs here but now it's a mall this mm -hmm. used to be flowers but now it's a mall it's always a mall um yeah. and what's <laughs> funny is i do think it's non-critical because i've read interviews where he yeah. says i think cityscapes are actually beautiful i Microchips think the mall is awesome, awesome. Mm -hmm. yeah yeah God, economic is economics is spiritual you know like he he he's connecting these dots and he's not satirizing them so when you say something like if you like, if you don't really catch the comedy, you're just gonna see this as weird art. I don't know if I agree with that because one, I'm very much in the camp. Like, I didn't know who David Byrne was until maybe I was 25, mm -hmm. um, and like, so I didn't grow up with him. I have zero nostalgia for him for talking right, and heads, the talking generally. heads. Um, and that by the mere fact that I didn't know that, I don't know who he is, and he's just coming in talking about nonsense. Like, it did. It's like half of me is like. This is kind of like the room, like if you the Tommy Wiseau really? film, where you just like bad. got a bunch of people. No, I don't know if it's bad. He's observational. He has a point. I guess I just mean that it's just like no one's clear on what the assignment is. It's not a normal because I don't movie. think David Byrne yeah. is <laughs> right has an assignment. He's just going and saying this is cool stuff I want to show, and I, I think there's think something wholesome. It's about almost that. like a wholesome garage sale of a pretty interesting, weird artist who's like. They gave me a movie deal, so I'll show you some stuff. It's not meta. I'm not commenting on the stuff. Here's some stuff. Yeah, no, it's just, pretty it's just neat. like, this is neat stuff. This is stuff I it's like. like Marge this with is the an potato. aesthetic I'm attracted to or whatever. Because um, it's just, um, it's just for people listening, it is like the title is True Stories. It is based off of like newspaper clippings from like tabloids that he'd collected like on the yeah. road. So, so like all these little snippets are like, oh yeah, I saw this article with this headline about this person, like never got out of bed or whatever. It's like, wouldn't it be neat if these were true and they were all in the same place? So it's just like, yeah, exactly. wouldn't that be neat to see? So he uh, just made a town it, yeah. where a bunch of human interest stories happen simultaneously and in between there are talking head songs. It's, it's a complicated it's a, thing for what it is, honestly. Yeah. It's a slice of life fictional documentary. Of, yeah. Uh, and it's like, so because of that, it's, my big thing is that it's like one of the it's so rare in movies to have a non like propagandist film or political non-political film where you're like i don't have a point yeah this doesn't have a point and it's as I close as you can get is. yeah and so, and so because of that that's one of the reasons i don't feel like it's even you can categorize it with things like comedy i mean you can definitely with music 
Because what it's makes a musical structured is just like a sketch music. movie, I guess, is my point. Because they even do the second beat where they're like, it's different vignettes that have recurring jokes. Like that woman who's always bragging, and then she brags mm. that she like knew Rambo and had Rambo's life and shit. Yeah, like yeah, 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 yeah. And then at the end, they intersect, right? Lewis, the lonely guy, marries the lady who's always in bed, and now they're the couple that's always in bed. So it kind of reminded <laughs> me of like the 10 in that way, where mm-hmm. they're just, he's yeah, just building not, games. He's just building games with elements. But he's not playing with like, comedy plays with expectations and says like interesting spoilers i really like this movie or like it's a i really like this movie too i just i think it's like more akin to like an asmr video it's really vibey yeah which i don't mean that to be derogatory i just think like he is not a comedian i think david byrne just came out of his egg sack exactly this way like he's just weird yeah there's Uh, a there's actually uh, for folks who aren't super familiar with him, other than like you know Psycho Killer, just like a couple of Talking Heads songs, maybe stopping sense, uh, burning down the, the house, the, yeah, uh, like you know the the uh, their live show uh, movie you can watch, which is also right, the uh, very good. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's this story that I think kind of elucidates the kind of person he is. Um, uh, from Brian Eno, I don't know if you guys are familiar with this story. Mm-hmm. I'm just gonna oh, read this no. quote from Brian Eno. He, David Byrne, is a genuine eccentric. He's always been exactly like that, and I've seen him remain like that in quite extreme situations. For instance, we were mugged together once in New York. It was quite frightening. We were mugged by 14 people. My enduring memory is of David being dragged off into the bushes saying, "Uh (laughs) Uh-oh! That's absolutely true. It was like a cartoon scene. Oh, that is David we Byrne. Go. We're part of a thing. Oh it's a no! Like yeah. it's so perfect. He's, an he's like what a halfway of... mix between Pee Wee Herman and David Lynch. Is what yeah. He feels yes, like. that yeah. really is it. That's so. That's oh 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 so good. It's really endearing how like no matter what's happening around him, his whole thing is he would stare into space and be like, "That cactus is the shape of a man's it's, head." Exactly. Be like, yeah, what's going on? With you, are you here Byrne? right now? Yeah. Dude, what, what the fuck, dude? They, uh, is, I was wondering I how Brian Eno kind of yeah. phrases that story too. Is from uh, he's almost <laughs> like an observer of that fucking weirdo in the corner over there doing his own thing. Like he's not judgmental either. He's just like this is who this guy that is. Right? Like, exactly. I, yeah. I think yeah. he inspires it in all of us. Right? Like after I. I was mad at this movie a few times because I was like, this is why the fuck are we doing this? <laughs> when it just meanders around. And then, yeah. and, but then five minutes later, I'd be like, this is a great movie. I love this movie so much. This is just a vibe, also, you know what I mean? As is so often the case when you get someone who only kind of knows what they're doing or doesn't care what they're doing or isn't right. trying to make the name for themselves in film. Mm-hmm. They're just doing exactly. something interesting. Uh, you'll get really provocative images that stick with you for no particular reason you can elucidate but i'm just like like the um i i didn't never got his name but the guy in the mexican band who is psychic and reads people's vibes <laughs> fucking in the circuit board factory hitting on the woman next to him playing guitar with the it's just like an interesting thing to look at you know what mm-hmm. i mean there's something yeah. weird yeah. about it yeah and captivating image, about yeah. That little guy, every time they brought that guy back, I loved it. I'm like, there's my guy. Apparently, so <laughs> this the, this whole movie, like, it shouldn't exist. So it's just interesting, like, sort of how yeah. it happened. Uh, like, the uh, original writers of the movie, one of them is Ned Ryerson. I saw that. Oh, Stephen Tobolowsky. Stephen Tobolowsky. Yeah, yeah. Tobolowsky. 
Um, and he got together and was like, yeah, I want to do this movie uh, and, you know, based on these stories and stuff. Uh, and so they wrote a draft and gave it to David Byrne and they didn't hear from him for a year. <laughs> and it came back and it was just completely rewritten. And he was basically just like, can I put your names first? Just so it doesn't seem and like for listeners David who don't Byrne. Know. Oh, interesting. This is like an improv actor and his main credits are a supporting part in Groundhog Day and Sonic commercials like the fast food. Chain. Yeah. You yeah. know, you know, you know him when you see him. Um, yeah, for sure. But he's not even that but, notable. He's just he's that guy. Yeah, he's and that guy it is, the thing. His vibe is totally not this vibe, which is fascinating. Wait, yeah, yeah. Um, but apparently the the tone guy uh, came from a story that he told David Byrne about himself. No, <laughs> that, like, that he used to read people's tones? And that, so that's like this or new draft came in. Okay. It's like, wait, I'm in this now too? Nice. I thought that was interesting. It's surprising that he's not even in the film. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, did anyone, when he does the car stuff, it reminded me the most of all, because Abe, you said it didn't scan as a comedy at all times. Did that not remind you of Jack Handy's Deep Thoughts? It reminds me yeah. of that more than anything. Mm-hmm. Right, but like Jack Handy has a ambition to make you laugh. <laughs> make a joke. <laughs> right, right, yeah, right, right. Some of them are funny. This is funny. These freeways are the cathedrals of our time, some would say. Not me. That's funny. Come that's on. funny. It is funny. Is that- that's- <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Oh, that's that's. I mean, like, no, Jack that, Andy I through will... and through. <laughs> he might add something to it, but yeah. Look, I laughed many times during look, this movie. I it's personally funny. believe I can see Fort Worth from here. That's oh, funny. That was that was my one of my favorite lines. I laughed out loud. I love that. I personally believe I can see Fort Worth from here. That's like Peggy <laughs> Hill saying, so in good. my opinion, Thanksgiving is the busiest shopping <laughs> day of the year. Exactly. It's so good. <laughs> but even this even like more objective thing, like, no, you can't. I like you can, yeah. you can no, see that, it. That seems like a perfect joke. But also my big question just by watching the man like I don't know, walk around the space. <laughs> I'm like, do you do you think you're as funny as I think you're funny, which is, is my like big a question. four out of ten. Yeah, right, right, right. Do you think you're a four out of ten? Do you think you're not even on the scale? Yeah. Well, it's like in that event, were you trying to go for that joke or were you not? That's the big mm. question that I have about. Right. Was this him? just sort of? Well, is this how you talk? Is this the, well? Like, because right, because a line I also wrote down: stores here are pretty clean. The air is fresh. There's plenty of parking and space to walk around. So you're like, do you know what jokes are? Cause that's just lines, you know what I right, mean? Right, 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 right. <laughs> It'll go back and forth. But if you, I mean, but if you he said it in a different it. way, like almost yes. like a slightly different way, be like, oh, that's a really funny joke that he did. But he refuses to say it like a real person. Or he'll do the classic millennial humor yeah. thing, which is it's he always calls it the celebration of specialness. He puts mm-hmm. the wrong yeah. emphasis on the wrong. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. We love that joke. That's our generation's it's joke. It's amazing every time. <laughs> See, this is something that I think if we covered the Greasy Strangler, which is another I film knew it that would I come just, up. I, I really suggest that no one ever watch. Uh, I, I cannot. Just watch the scene where he dips his finger in the pig man's nose hole. If that is too much for you, then don't watch it. Yeah, it's it's it shouldn't it should be burned. Um, <laughs> but it's David like burned. That 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 movie makes me angry. That it makes me angry because it does the same kind of decisions, and it like it has this expectation that I need that I understand or I think it's funny because I'm on the same brain wavelength. And I'm like, I don't know that to you. You didn't earn that filmmaker. I'm not on your brain wavelength. What David Byrne does is he's so wholesome and such a vibe, and he's just like, let's just ride it out, baby. This is great. Uh, that I'm like, he lulls me into this sense of like, I don't care. Like he kind of, you know, like when you're playing a video game 
and you're like, sometimes I have to like just turn off because if I care about this video game, uh, I, then I'm gonna lose and I'm gonna get agitated mm. and I'm start I'm gonna care about all the wrong things and not have a good time. But then a switch turns on and all of a sudden you're just like, I don't care what happens. It's just I'm a video just gonna game. have a good time. Yeah, right. go out there for the and ride, then yeah. you have the greatest time. Um, David Byrne is that to me. He's the switch. Do, do, does that make sense, or am I just being a David Byrne? No, right it makes no, sense. That makes sense. Yeah, but I think okay. it is layered with stuff that's legitimately well, only once or twice. But once or twice, it feels like he's reaching for something that's an actual like conceptual art piece. Like the one that really comes to mind is the dad yeah. talking about how Veracorp is bringing the town to life, and then he starts using the food as like a religious thing yeah. and like a diagram. That's true. And oh he goes, yeah, yeah. Excuse me, Mr. Culver. I forgot what these peppers represent. So it's almost like a, it's like a performance art thing that you would see in an installation space with one joke at the end. Right. <laughs> and it's composed like the Last Supper, and at the end, like. And the, his children are making little statues. The with lights the food. fade out yeah. and stuff. Like that. It's all very it's super biblical artsy and biblical. He's, yeah. He's speaking like a prophet at like at halfway through his monologue, he starts turning into like his speech becomes more like a sermon yes and it, yeah and amidst this other like mini sketch where he and his wife don't talk to each other <laughs> like right. it's amidst, I forgot. like it's, that's a yeah. that's a funny bit like the for, for the first funny. like two minutes of the scene it's like this is funny this is like really a, a funny little sketch yeah the rule is no one can talk to anyone but the person next to them at the table seems to be yeah. this family's rule um oh uh, yeah. Go also, ahead. side note that um that one song was it a uh, uh, puzzling evidence? Uh, what was it puzzling evidence? That dude was cooking. That's like, what uh, I was you know? just <laughs> piping up to say. That dude ruled the puzzling evidence, yeah. dude. He put so, so much good. work in. Um, yes. And I was listening to the song. I was like, man, he's not wrong. Right. But then that music video, such as it was. <laughs> Was we just zoom in on the screen behind the preacher and we look at a bunch of trippy stock footage. So sometimes I was like, ah, you could have tried harder. The concept wasn't yeah, really yeah. there. It's a really, it presents you a lot. It's got a lot going on for only 90 minutes. And I do think it some works and some doesn't. Yeah, it's a, it's definitely a mixed bag. Um, I think it's the same with like some of the lines where it's like, this line is actually like watching. It, I was like this if I watch this again and like really remember these lines, they'd be some of my favorite jokes maybe uh, just because they have that sort of wry, like nothingness to them in a little bit. Um, but then some of it's, yeah, just like not going to work. Well, and then um, some of it, like let's talk about the origins of the kiss and cookie. And if you don't remember what I mean, there's a section that's called architecture. So there's a Chiron mm -hmm. that says architecture and they talk about how Texas <laughs> produces a bunch of metal. By the way, right, that's format. what I mean. It ends up having nothing to do with architecture. It's mm -hmm. the lady who stays in bed and watches TV. And we end up getting a music video for Love for Sale. Great song. But at one point, she goes, oh, a kissing cookie. And it cuts to an image on TV of a puppet that's a cookie with lips kissing the screen. So that means they had to have the idea for the kissing cookie and decide it was so important that someone fabricated that puppet and I don't even understand what that moment is or means. Like, did anyone no. get anything out of that? I, I did not. <laughs> but it's a barrage of those things. It's a, it's, it's so many of those. Exactly. Yeah. Places. And some of it, it's like, oh, that's perfect for that moment. Like, I know exactly what's being said there. And sometimes, like, I don't even think that you knew what you were saying here. I don't think you knew. And I also think that there's an additive effect in the aggregate. The barrage of nonsense becomes something else it becomes this 
sensual overload of like uh, wholesome Americana and like small town oddness. You know yeah. what I mean? Uh, Spe- is now our pastime, yeah. and I'm like, up, we're on to something. He's gonna go into right. Shop. He's gonna but go he's like, no, and it, and it is delightful. <laughs> <Shopping> <laughs> he's is like, and it's yeah. good. <laughs> yeah. That lady, yeah, her singing was not as strong. I didn't like the rendition of the f- fashion show song. Fashion show song. What she's doing, yeah. I mean, I don't. Oh uh, yeah, hopefully I she also. Hear there this. were a few moments Sorry, where I was like, "Ooh, that's dream not, operator." Yeah, so did, dream you operator. You did a great job. Yeah, oh. yeah. Uh, I also just have to say the what the uh, the the preacher, yeah, doing his uh, his joke <laughs> at the talent show yeah. at the end incredible work from that man the, the yeah. gestures he was doing the whole time with his hands and like his weird way of standing it's yeah. like what like a like, bird what? it's oh. so uncomfortable like where he's like trying to tell the joke and he's like clearly like you're and not, he does so- and you're wondering is it fake sign language is he doing like a fake version right, right. of sign like, what language is, yeah. or is it just like you're like you're not a public speaker so you're awkward but you are you're a preacher so is it just like in this context you don't know how to do this well, he, or, this, yeah. that, this is all intentional because that's spalding gray who is like um a performance artist mm. he does monologues like this shit and this was like a form of art that everyone mm. liked in the 80s you it's know the thing it's so funny See, and it's there's overlap with kids in the hall too they would do those monologues right. where you're like i'm just yeah. an alley cat i'm gonna do a weird monologue and you're gonna think it's a joke just because it's weird uh i love it but the yeah, end, yeah. J- just because it's right by the notes are next to each other at the end when David Byrne like almost retroactively reveals that the cowboy outfits he's worn the whole movie are nothing to him. <laughs> he goes, I'm really, I'm really starting to get used to these cowboy outfits. They sell a lot of them, but I don't see anyone else wearing them. So you're like, wait, what? That's not his thing. That's just <laughs> how he is. You didn't choose it? Yeah, yeah. Did you choose it? Just, well, yeah. How do you get dressed in the morning well because he's visiting this he's visiting this place so he's like well i'll get what the locals are wearing so he goes to the store gets what he thinks they are he's like well no one else is wearing this <laughs> same thing with the car he's like this is not a rental <laughs> but like right no. right <laughs> or the uh the guys doing the what do you call it uh auctioneering voices and it's david and lewis backstage and he goes i could talk that fast and he goes nah nah <laughs> like when he was in the clothes when he was in like red shirt and red pants and he was like a a band member suddenly because i don't think of instinctually david byrne as that uh because of just like not having david byrne in my life for so Mm -hmm. long it felt weird it almost felt like david byrne belongs in a cowboy hat like Mm. you don't right and so he it's it's almost like he that's what i mean like he really is an alien because it's like I, I can't now now knowing that fact I don't know what he would I also wear. was able to accept him as a cowboy immediately I'm like I guess he's always been a cowboy I guess and I'm me. like oh no you're like an artist so you'll wear whatever thing you're doing you know yeah. like a right. Lady Gaga or something and he's like so that. he's so like unique and odd but like understated that at yeah. the same time like, like over the top understatement which is like a very weird line to be in. So there's yeah. no sense of like, what if you were just like, I'm going to get dressed today, what would that look like? Yeah. You know, like there's no, there's no like, this is David Byrne, the person, as opposed to every other version we've seen of him. Right. Are you um, for he's, real? He's like this weird chameleon. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> there's some people that I've met. <laughs> there's some people that I've met that I'm like, I'll always try to find, especially because they're actors and like doing their thing or whatever. You meet right. actors 
who that you kind of like hang out at a party or whatever. And I'm like, oh, you're on 100 percent of the time. I now see it. It's a defense mechanism or whatnot, or you just like to make people happy or and whatever. And there's the or rare treasure or whatever it is. The yeah. person you meet where you go, oh no, you're genuinely like this. I love this you. This is you. You're a maniac. Yeah. yeah. You are just a maniac. <laughs> Usually people are just real when the lights are off. And right, then there's right. this other thing. And then there's this third thing that frankly comes from the moon. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And David Byrne is a part of that group. uh, Right. And you're like, oh, wait, the lights are always off for you. Yeah. Or are you always on in another way? Are Are you always on so hard that you also are on for yourself? Like you. Right. You you don't know. know, There's no (laughs) distinction between lights on and lights off. Or it's just like, no, this is just. Yeah, God, which is such a hard way for me to live because I overthink everything and I think like, well, what is expected? How am I expected to be? Or these questions creep in and determine my activities and what I spend time on and how I kind of seek happiness. Mm. I'm like, how do you determine these things? Are they the same? Because you're making me think like. You just do your thing. What's funny about (laughs) famous weirdos is, you know, there's a bunch of guys who are dyed in the wool and gals, OG weirdos who are not rich, famous artists. Like when we think about your David Lynch's and Burns and Tom Waits's, yeah, it's, I mean, it's really cool that they just were crazy and their craziness made them a famous artist. That's like legendary. I don't think that's what happens to every weirdo. (laughs) And <laughs> mm, it is not. <laughs> yeah, you're right. It's just weird. I mean, but it's, I just it's tough. What it's, it's almost tough like a direct. fairy tale life for David Byrne to just. I mean, his music is great, so I feel like. But but it seems like he has genuinely always just done whatever he thought was interesting, and succeeded beyond measure for it, uh, which is great. Yeah. We need people like that. Like these give us the That's weirdos true. that we sometimes weirdos need power. Yeah. You need a one percent of movies mm-hmm. that are that. Yeah, they yeah, really yeah. and that. yeah. That like there's something going like obviously like saying like the music is uh very unique and, and amazing, but there's other stuff there too. It's not just a weirdo in a band either, which a lot of like musician weirdos I feel like, oh no, it's this this is the music, but he he like transcends that medium and it's like, no, I'm weird purely. All all life, all mediums, I'm going yeah. to be like this. Agreed. Which yeah, in a, right. it also reminds me of Bjork. Bjork will dabble in every medium and is like, it's always tastes like Bjork though. Always. You can't exactly. yeah. get that stink off it. Uh, <laughs> and he does yeah, it. I, part of it is doing like, he doesn't just do jokes. He does lines that are like a joke, but they're insightful to, you know, like it's like a mm-hmm. nugget of insight. Um, I mean, he saves the best for last at first. I notice everything about a place, but then I get used to it and the feeling goes away. So I love forgetting. It's only by forgetting we can see something again as it really is. You're like, right. oh, okay, so that's yeah, pretty resonant yeah. and insightful. Uh, yeah. And so I think that's part of what makes it feel <laughs> weird. It's like a guy came up to you and he sat on a whoopee cushion and then he said something mundane about the weather and then he said something really insightful and you're like, what's your deal, man? <laughs> right, you right, right. Pick me? a lane, bro. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, what journey did you want me to go on here? <laughs> right. He's like some fucking He's like clown yogi. It, <laughs> exactly, exactly, yeah. But also like a boring clown yogi. Yeah, where it's like, you know, who makes really good music. Uh, yeah. But just like that, like, yeah, clown yogi's like eating the bowl of soup. 
just let me play you a song. You're like, God, I don't want to listen to this. Yeah. And then you listen to it and you're like, that's pretty good. That's pretty fucking good. I believe the band that the, or the song that the Mexican mariachi rock band plays with the dude with the eye patch and the accordion, who also is just awesome casting. Mm. Uh, Radiohead. Hey, Radiohead, I believe that's the origin of the band name, Radiohead. It is, yeah. I yeah. love that so much because I just that's love what the a idea fan of Tom York. Tom York is. Like, uh, a, like the child in Poltergeist hand on the TV watching this movie. Tom York, you weird ass alien. <laughs> it's just, it inspires yeah, other alien aliens. solidarity. Exactly. I will say on the music front, I, David Byrne also has a song called Mr. Jones that's much better than the Counting Crows Mr. Jones. So mm-hmm. check it out. My dad had a textbook of rock and roll musicians that was like a thousand pages long and I used to read it all the time. And the talking heads were classified as punk. And I would say they're so unique that I don't even know that you can call them. I don't know what I would call their genre, like alternate or indie is all I can come up with. Uh, If you're listening to this and you've never heard the talking heads, they're very unique sounding for sure. uh, Yeah. Oh yeah. There it's, it's one it's one band that's the thing and like, his voice is you're like stand. that's yeah, his, voice. his voice <laughs> yeah. Yeah. but even but even like uh, so many of the songs uh in this movie where where he's not singing it's like that is the instrumentation of a talking head song yeah um which is also very unique uh which is why i do think punk is somewhat apt yeah. just because of the the vibe and the attitude um of it of just like no, this is this is what it is. We're not yeah. yeah. Um, but like also like I don't know generic rock and but like the Talking Heads is like a genre kind of of it of itself. A little bit, I feel a like a little bit. Yeah. Um, what was the other song that was super super good? I mean, I like Papa Legba, but it, I had to grow up and see the movie a few times to like Papa Legba. <laughs> There's also songs. There's Talking Heads songs that feel denser and harder to access for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, they can be they can be a challenge. A lot of hypersaturated color environments I noticed, which I I like. It's not a hard thing to do, but it is always pretty. Colors are pretty, you know what I mean? Like you yeah. would do the <clears throat> like bright yeah. bright yellow frame with a red. Everything's hypersaturated red in the inside the frame, and the frame is like some piece of concrete that just has a yellow light across it. Uh, really love a lot of color play, uh, which I like. I like bright colors yeah i don't like when film does that super desaturate like when whenever we have a movement of desaturated movies i'm like eh. right yeah they they made this they did a they did this as criterion collection a few years ago and the like the remastering is amazing like the it really does not look like a 1986 yeah you know archival Mm. stuff even the like the print is very nice and there's just some breathtaking shots of just like, it's like the warped low angle shot of a gas station where you remember the shot because it says very clearly, you know, $1, you know, gas, you know, but that shot is like cinematography in this movie at times, like before it gets into the meat of the movie where it's just people talking in rooms and it's more of the sweeping spaces of like, this is Virgil, Texas, uh, some gorgeous photography yeah. of like the, reminded um, me of breaking bad just good vistas yeah, yeah. a lot of right. yeah, a lot of like Static. painting shots where it's like that's just an image that you've yeah put up right there. which i think that that's why he puts like i think he put up like the super you mentioned with like it says architecture and stuff like that and there's that sequence where it's like very much so talking about the highway um situation um i think it's because like not only do i think that that the reason that that's there is because uh 
he probably watched a lot of technical movies and documentaries, you know, like ones made by corporate America that are like, and you know, tomorrow and here we see mm-hmm. the yeah, and those being, all because yeah. he's doing that kind of thing a little bit, but like the photography yeah. of like how he's showing the landscape of America and how it prints itself upon like we we are printing on the land our capitalism. Like he is so into that. He loves that human. He's just like go human go. But he's also enamored with like how it physically looks. Like I think he's the kind of person who's really gonna want to. Like he's probably really into fractals. You know what I mean? Sure. <laughs> like yeah. he's like this, this looks like this looks like this. this. On top of this, on top of this. Very aware yeah. of that in the spatial geography of this movie. Things do look like each other, even though it's really subtle. Like. He likes to show boxes and then he likes to show boxes and right. Every time we cut back to setting up the stage, it's a new, very interesting take on what is it to be a 3d box. (laughs) Right. And uh, like even the beginning of the movie, he literally steps through like after he does his little informational movie about Virgil, Texas, Hey, it goes kind of behind the curtain screen. He goes into the the screen. Like last action hero. We're in reverse. What's funny is there's no effect. They just slit the screen and he just pushes through it. Right. Yeah. They didn't even bother. It's like, yeah, this is all you need. You know what's going on here. Uh, you got to perceive it as an outside ob- observer, kind of like a scientist. Think about them in the way that he introduces the movie. We're like, you see this this right now, but what I want you to do is think about 50 years ago, 100 years ago, a million years ago, and like what brought us to this point where th- these things are in this image. Um, well, and it's scrupulous because he's not even judgmental. There's no way to know. You can assume that he's judgmental. You can assume that he thinks raping and murdering is wrong just because he's human. But if you didn't assume that, there's no way to know that. He's not even judgmental about the genocide. You know what I mean? He just goes, then the dinosaurs came. Then the natives came. And they fought each other. And the Mexicans came and pushed them off. But the Americans came and pushed them off. And everybody murdered each other. But there's no even wink of like... And that's bad. He just says, again, he just presents things. Mm -hmm. And there is a quiet power in just presenting things and going, I'm not even saying anything. I'm just presenting it. I'm just, just, man, I'm just Wikipedia over here. Yeah. Yeah. It's bizarre because that's the other thing I guess I was going to ask you guys is that like, it's almost, to me, it is observational, but there's times where he talks about, especially manufacturing and kind of the modern, like modern America, where that he's so enamored with like cars and you know assembly lines and stuff like that, that it almost is borderline reverence. That he actually, I think, thinks capitalism is a great thing. I think he thinks human endeavor is really cool, and he genuinely right. thinks it's amazing that, like, you might see the bad side effects, which are climate change and blah blah blah. And I'm sure he doesn't say those are good things. But he sees a giant parking garage that you might find depressing and is able to think, look, we used to just be monkeys or fish in the sea and now we can make a parking garage. And like, that's an interesting take too. I can see that, yeah, that point. Exactly. Yeah. Things. Like yeah. that's, yeah. Like looking at that image and it's like, oh, this mundane parking garage. But what he wants you to do is, yeah, like all that went into that, uh, not just like, you know, uh, mixing the concrete and, and like building the thing, but like all the progress that needed to happen f- to figure out how to, to do those out. things yeah. uh, and ship those things here and here. And like every single moment that led to that existing, I think is what he's really like celebrating. 
I think there's a reason the final song that it's climactically builds to after John Goodman, like the credit song is city of dreams. We live in a city of dreams, meaning like, mm. you know, you are born into a world that only exists because a bunch of other people already did stuff that they were, their dreams and their desires mm-hmm. like led them in life to reach whatever heights they reached. And you get to start from there. Right. Yeah. You're <clears throat> on this topic. There's this, there's this one section that I wanted to point out and just get your thoughts on it. And it's in the sermon of, uh, you know, the, the gray monologue, uh, with the family where he starts talking about the workers and the people who are a part of the company creating new fascinating aspects of life and new inventions. And then he says, he has this little aside where he talks about basically that people aren't doing their job just because they're paid. They do it because they like it and it's become blurred for them. They don't know. It's almost like they're not even doing the company because they're getting something from the company. It becomes their calling, right? Yeah, the progress that they're working towards, yeah. Like he's very much a conundrum when it comes to that because he holds he seems to hold some kind of reverence and I don't think it's satirical. I don't think we're supposed to laugh at this man saying this i think we honestly so you are wonder how burn it is does that mirror his politics like is he weirdly centrist or right-leaning i wonder but yeah i don't, I, I don't understand because it's they're both things like that does can he be love true. the invisible hand of the free market you know i wonder. yeah that. it's it feels like he does but he like it's even more than that just to be almost like i don't think he would be like a shill for like a company i doubt it i think he's very anti-corporate like i think okay and when he does the lady in bed is watching love for sale they do mm-hmm. a generic parody of commercials, just commercials. It conflates car commercials, candy commercials, and soap commercials. It's like an ad for all three at once. So I think he obviously, he's literally parodying advertising. So there is something inherently mocking in parodying something, right? Yeah, there's a. T- I think so much of the movie is just sort of tone and vibes. There's also stuff like it's hard to uh, parse because also he's he has talked about like capitalism and socialism like later on um but that doesn't mean that's where where his views were when he was like making this movie right um or like how he viewed these things and then what like you know 30 years later what does the world look like is that do you still have this sort of reference for it and this is the problem with famous weirdos at the end of the day you always part of you wonders and is that real is that really what he really thinks or is he doing (laughs) a thing yeah, I think there's that always that on top of it. I'm just interested to see, and obviously, like you said, Cody, time would change any formula. Um, but like, it's interesting that he comes out with that. Like he's saying they like, like, what's the point of saying that? And what's the point well, of having reverence for that? Like, maybe, I don't know. The other thing is that he like kind of came up and lived through formatively the '60s, which is known as that era of like. Every day they were inventing a new thing, a new ga- gizmo was on the well, market. Exactly, this this time period too is is that sort of like the the tail end of this era where like it does seem like everything's getting better. We're making all these new stuff. What are microchips now? Like you know all the all this kind of microchips uh, are stuff a miracle too. Like you can't fuck you can't incredible argue with stuff it. exactly don't get it twisted and so we can make a computer <laughs> we can take matter that's stacked around and oriented in such a way that it's a computer and i can play video games on it that's incredible yeah. 
wild, yeah. wild, wild Less life. Less than a hundred years ago, um, we were baffled by light bulbs, and now we have now we have like Call of Duty Nine or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's crazy. So I think it, it, there is a sense, and and you know, some people do have uh, do have jobs today that are in that realm where it's like, yeah, I'm really passionate about this. I think it's exciting to be working on this kind of thing. Um, so it's not, yeah, I get paid for it, it's but wrong. it's not like a job. Um, and I think uh, this era was it was a lot easier to sort of paint everybody as having that vibe. Um, especially right. in like, it's not, you know, he's not talking about like, oh yeah, all these Walmarts are popping up and everyone's so excited to work. No, it's like talking about like, yeah, they're building, they're building stuff. Um, yeah. It's really funny because we, the last frame rate that we did was on Bowling for Columbine and we had mm -hmm. Katie uh, on, Katie Soul. We'd like to mm -hmm. pair you guys in a row. When but it's can. just like, these <laughs> couldn't be the two, two different movies. One is insanely propagandist. This almost seems like it's avoiding making a statement or the reverence it has is a reverence for like a positive reverence for humanity. Like, look, yeah, at it's almost a political. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, this is great. We're all great, which I guess is, could be a political statement of, sure. yeah. you know, privilege, but also it's not trying to break down any walls, not trying to, there's so many neutral statements, give you a message. I think mm -hmm. music, yeah, it's not really nudging I think you music anyway. is yeah. sweet. And if it's sweet, then it's probably cute. <laughs> like yeah. there's many <laughs> sentences that equate to nothing like just a shot of yeah. water <laughs> yeah yeah it's it's like those um my mom has these uh little framed kind of writings that are just like oh sure uh the heart is where the home is right 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 oh yeah it's, yeah airbnb signs like stuff. it's yeah i feel insanely seen by like this movie because i also like that parade looks exactly like the 4th of July parade. I, I love the parade because it culminates in several things, a parade and a talent show. And the parade mm -hmm. is just a random, as the whole movie has been in a way, a random mishmash of shit you could never predict. You're like, this group's parading by. Now this group. Now this group. Yeah. And it's like someone spun a wheel and it just landed <laughs> yeah, on shit. It's absurd. It's so <laughs> yeah, th that almost feels like a bit where it's just like, what's the weirdest shit we could think oh, of? Oh, yeah, absolutely. It, it doesn't feel real, but it's the setting, the setups, and just like how everyone's acting, you know. These but then everyone stares blankly at the back of the parade as it goes away for a really long time. And like, that's funny to me. That's very funny. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but that's also right. how parades are. Like, you're I, also, yeah. Well, yeah, that's, uh, that's what you got to do. What are you going to do? You can tell by the way it pops <laughs> wide that the movie is telling you that's kind of dumb. Look at that. It wants you yeah, to look at it. I yeah, think. exactly. It wants you to look um, at that. Same thing. Aspect. Like, yeah, there's a. You know, all, some of the times when he's in his car driving, he's like saying this poignant thing. Sometimes he's saying something that is just nothing. And sometimes he's driving along and then he like jerks the steering wheel around like a cartoon. <laughs> yeah. you, realize, <laughs> you realize the wheel is not connected. It's just a it's prop. Not. It's You're like, prop. why? Why is it not connected? It's what is so going funny on? though. So I remember as a kid, because my dad showed me this growing up just because we love the band. Uh, that was the one joke that really slayed me as a kid. Was the so steering good. wheel just does not connected for one it's, shot? Uh, it's that Is um, it? it's that uh, uh, Colbert in Strangers with Candy. Uh, when he's typing, but he just like slams his hands. Yeah, like, yeah just loosely against the keyboard. Yeah. Yeah. keyboard. yeah, it's There's not even no like, joke yeah. here. Here's a bit. Yeah. I'm just being del right. delicately, loosely yeah, slamming my hands. See it's now, like, Abe's right. tone of voice brings up something that I think is actually totally valid, which is that in a way. 
if he presented me this script and said, it is a comedy, I'm submitting it to you because of Cracked and shit, this is a comedy, read it that way, I would think the script is way worse. You know what I mean? It almost skates by because it's multiple things, so I don't expect it to be the funniest. It's like Grand Theft Auto. Grand Theft Auto, you're like, well, of course the driving's not the best driving ever. It's Grand Theft Auto. It's not Gran Turismo that only does driving. So almost by doing like six things at once, I do think he lowers the bar because you kind of forgive. I'm generous with the film. I catch myself being generous way more than other films, I guess, because there's a humbleness. It's like we keep saying he successfully transmits the idea of being humble and unassuming. And you don't want to shit on something that's humble and unassuming. You want to be like, oh, what's up, buddy? You're you're acting kind of shy. What's up with you? I know we just met, but I love you. Because you're the Uh, weird, quiet one. I think that's interesting. Yeah. He's champion of the ordinary. And that Mm -hmm. is something that I think like I love those people. It's hard. Yeah. It's hard to, it's hard to not like people who are championing that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. But I definitely watch it. And I know what you're talking about in my head. I kept just saying the phrase, like he has like an inexplicable charm. Um, Yeah. mm He's, oh yeah, he, the fact that it's him too saying a lot of these lines is like, well, his weird high not, voice. It doesn't really, it doesn't really <laughs> pop on the page, but it does pop when he says it. Oh, yeah. I mean, and then you get John Goodman, who one of his first like things. He's one done. of his first like major roles, it. and he's so good that he. So like on the page, that line is. I like sad songs. They make me want to lie on the floor. Lewis the bear right. on the floor. I guess I'll go now. Sorry. But of course, he plays the pauses so Oof. that it's devastating. You could have a bad yeah. actor really fuck that line up, but he slays because oh, yeah. he's John Goodman. Yeah, exactly. So the acting is yeah. actually weirdly strong because he got such good people for it. Weirdos get good people. He knew the assignment, yeah, which I think is a bigger statement than anything because there's a lack of guidance and kind of message in the dialogue scenes on purpose, I think. Um, like John Goodman has this other scene with the woman who, who lies all the time where she's talking about her tail. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> yeah, yeah, is yeah. clearly like, what is this? What the hell? Because that's an obvious, you know, like te- that's what you, as an actor, a, that's what, what you we do. call a beige flag. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, uh, but it's not passing judgment at the same time. And he seems really stuck. And that may just be a characterization. Uh, I think that that's John Goodman doing a great job, but like that's that could have become the point of the scene, and it didn't. And it feels that's why I made the room comment before, and I didn't really mean it derogatorily. Like it's like if the room was much better because Tommy Wiseau wasn't like insanely egotistical, but rather kind of a lo- like someone who wanted to put love out into the world. Yeah. Because. It- I don't have this reverence for David Byrne, and I've said that, but it feels like he's just paid a bunch of people to do these scenes and told them just to do it. No direction whatsoever. Um, well, I don't know how the Lotus position that. date is clearly improv. I think there's a few dates that Lewis goes on where he told John Goodman to say whatever you want. It right, and I think it's because he probably identified that John Goodman's really good, which is why John Goodman's arc is the only thing that's even an arc in this movie it almost yeah, feels out it, of place it's the only thing that keeps it together, because yeah. it actually comes together and ha- there's a story there um and i just think that he, i don't think david byrne wanted to have direction in terms of how you are acting or responding to what they're saying just say the lines please 
Slice um, of life, which is slice of life, yeah. Right. It's just like your interpretation is the right interpretation. And it's basically. cool that he's based it on a bunch of human, in- what we call human interest stories, because it really is what he has as an interest in human beings. He's deeply okay. interested in that. It's almost like he's a tour guide, right? He's ta- talking More about dinosaurs. More than a preacher. And saying, yeah. like, look at over there. Yeah, he's bringing you over here. I'm going to bring you over here. And then they're going to do the thing. And I'm it's a talent show. The whole yeah, movie is exactly. a talent show. Yeah. It's a talent yeah. show. Yeah. yeah, it's weird. It's weird. And it strangely works. I mean, for a lot of people, I, I, I think it works. Well, I it definitely works because he also knows dumb stuff that just works. Like, for example, I watched this with my mom and she didn't get it for a second or think anything was funny or like it at all. But she thought the fact that it started and ended with a little girl whistling, walking down the road was strangely beautiful. And I'm like, of course Mm -hmm. that works. So that's going to make you feel that way in a way where it doesn't even have to be earned. It's just a simple, effective. That's what we all yeah would react to. Yeah, and it does. And the opening she's... and ending hit you mm-hmm. for some reason, it, and it makes it, it it makes it feel like even if the stuff in between was worse, it makes it um, seem it like it's make all it f- part. It, maybe it did it, have a theme. <laughs> exactly. Like, yeah. Yeah, like you see that last shot, and you're like, oh wow, they finished their movie. It's like the beginning, <laughs> yeah. you know, Even like the it's movie's totally done. Inconsistent, right? There's <laughs> yeah. no real culmination. It, like it almost tricks oh, you wow. into thinking like they completed it. It's done. It's done. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I, it also helps that she is captivating because she's a cute little weirdo as well. Because she's she does a weird like, kid, yeah, yeah, like like a lot of kids. But like she does this thing where she like changes up her at the end. She changes up her dance where she just starts walking, like beelining to the left and right and left yeah. and right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's just like that is a sudden and weird. Well, he thing told to her do whatever change. you want, clearly. But it's yeah. also like yeah. you do get the feeling that you're like I'm actually watching like a kid play, mm-hmm. like kids mm-hmm. who are not trying to. Pre- not trying to do anything for me. Oh, we haven't you even know? talked about the 4H kids who go by. Thank you. They rocked. Yeah. That, that A, the casting ass. is amazing. The little kid with the pigtails and the goggles on. It's like, so good. I now understand the phrase, I want to eat her up. But um, uh, <laughs> all the 4H kids, what an amazing group. Like, what an amazing yeah. assortment of kids. Really something special. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. What a... Yeah, what a group. I forget uh, what song they so did, much. but it's one of the good ones. Yeah, what was it? It was very good. Um, yeah. Oh, I forget. It's one but of the... I, I have, yeah, I have nothing else to add. Just, but just thank you for bringing good. it up because I wanted to just say like that was that was really great. Yeah, yeah the only other thing really I can add is I think they also were very smart to use other Talking Head songs, but instrumental or arrangements of them as the score. Because there's even mm-hmm. additional Talking Head songs that you barely notice because the score is just instrumental talking head songs. And uh, I think that also makes it feel tied together in a way that's very smart if you're going to write a movie that's barely tied together. Yeah. yeah. Hey now. Hey now. Hey now. Hey now. Yeah. Hey yeah. now now. Good song. Real good. Clapping wood blocks and shit. Are we done, Abe? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I, don't, I could talk about this for days, but it would probably just go in circles just because... I'm trying mm-hmm. to understand it's it. It's some kind of magic because it doesn't execute on a particular idea and it's easy to analyze something that executes on an idea. It's harder to analyze this for sure. He almost makes me angry because he makes a great argument for not having opinions. <laughs> kind of does. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, for just being present, right? It's almost an argument for just being present and like chilling out. Like if you, follow my, if you follow my thoughts, like just stream of consciousness, I, I, I watch like this movie or like a se- section of this movie and I go like, yeah, yeah, I see that. 
but wait, are you not are you, are you are you saying that to distract me from that, or are you trying to do you trying to make me believe something? Nope, nope, you're not doing any of that. Well, God damn it! Now I'm now I'm the one who's trying to place like a meaning on this, and that right. bothers me because I didn't want to be in this situation where I'm the guy who's like where I'm trying harder than yeah, you. So now you I'm the prick yeah. trying to so say that you I'm had the to prick. say something. Yeah, and then and then I'm like, whoo, Abe, you got to step back. You're getting a little hot. At David Byrne, uh, it's cool. He can just well, have. Burn, he can just it's do okay his own that thing. you don't. Yeah, yeah. But secretly in my to. mind, secretly in my mind, I'm like David Byrne, how dare you do this to me? <laughs> now I got. Now I'm thinking about stuff, but you don't want me to think about stuff. You so like, what are you, yeah. Was that your intention the whole time, you motherfucker? No, it wasn't. Meanwhile, wasn't. David Byrne's over in the thrift store picking out a shirt that says "Only Visiting This Planet" for the kid that he hired. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And you're like, like, why eating. that shirt? And he's like, I don't know, why? man. Uh, I don't know. Probably you just eating a lollipop weird. Yeah. Right. <laughs> just doing something. I'm like, I don't approve of this at all. But, you know. Also, what? I am 6'3", well, so I can now genuinely say the thing, the line from this that I love of Lewis <laughs> is, I'm six feet, three inches tall and maintain a very consistent panda bear shape. Uh-huh. <laughs> I thought you were going to yeah, be I like, that. I was 6'3", so I could probably beat up David I could, I could take him. I could take I him. Could <laughs> probably take him. Yeah, he's a uh, he's great. He's one of the we should save David Byrne. Mm-hmm. Keep David Byrne alive if you're around <laughs> him right now. Look out. Yeah. <laughs> but the David Burns of the world never mm-hmm. never infuse Protect your them. thoughts and let them be their own messes. Keep on burning as the world is turning. Speaking of looking out, Cody, where can people look out hey. for you and the things you make and bring into this world? Oh, you can find me all over a couple of places. Uh, I'm on the websites that people get their social media fixes from. Uh, Dr. Mr. Cody is usually the handle. Um, some more news and even more news are the shows. Ones on YouTube. Both are available for podcasts. And you can find my band, The Hot Shapes, on SoundCloud and Bandcamp if you prefer. Nice. And that's Love to hear it. Abe, do you got Wait any spoilers ahead. for? Thank our, you for thank you for having me for our beans. Yeah, man. D- uh, do I? Uh, we have uh, we have an upcoming. I'll show you mine if you show me yours this Friday for the Patreon crew. We have the next episode of uh, Star Trek Next Futurama, uh, and we have a uh, Escape from the Multi Curse coming up. So that's your next, you know, three pieces of content. Uh, we're probably going to take a short break. For the when Christmas happens, just get ready for that. But, but not short Thanksgiving. Break, but not Thanksgiving, and I think Powering short break through. honestly means like we're just not going to release on that Monday. One episode, so. yeah. But you know that you know how it goes. That's we right. We got a lot of stuff. Um, when when does this drop? This drops the twentieth of November, two thousand twenty-three. Then my novel comes out in six days. So if you're interested in a <gasps> novel by me, look for that too. At the same spot, yeah, we'll, patreon.com slash smallbeans. We'll be posting about it, I'm sure, on the socials and on the Patreon. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's it. If you if you want to have those all that content and you're on the free feed, you'd be missing out on about half of what I just said. And you're um, not as cool as Jeff. Thank you, You're John. not as cool as, as Jeff. Cool who, as thank Jeff. you again, Jeff, for your, you know, being a, a, a pal. That's all. That is all. Thank you for being a pal. Thank you for being a pal. Cody, thanks for being a pal. Thank you for being a pal. God damn it. All right. Thank you for being pals. Thank you for being pals. We're all thanks. For being pals. (laughs)